Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Today, November 28th, and these are the five things that you need to know about the daily financial news. First and foremost, the first thing we need to talk about is, by my calculation, we have 34 days left in 2022, counting today. If you're one of those folks that don't count today, well, then you have 33 days left in 2022. And I want to ask you one question. What are you going to do in the next 33, 34 days to get ready for 2023? What are you going to do? Curious. Leave some comments below. I know uh, I'm getting ready for a very interesting year. Uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful year to buy assets on sale. Uh, I am investing in learning terms. I'm growing my network. And, you know, I am getting around positive people. One of the things that you will see with One Rental at a Time, not only do we do the work, but we celebrate together. We network. We have this private Facebook group for just us, uh, which is pretty amazing. So good morning, everyone. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Thanks for leaving a quick comment. So that's the first thing to talk about, right? 34, 33 days left in the year. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Number two, uh, we have seen uh, some protests, if you will, over in China uh, where they are you know, revolting against the COVID controls. Apparently, uh, one of the sparks of this was a unfortunate fire uh, that was worse than it should have been given the lockdown and whatnot. Uh, the people have had enough. It's been, let's call it what it is, three years of these uh, interesting choices by the government. Uh, but yes, there is seemingly discontent growing. So it's something to watch, right? China is a huge economy. Uh, it can um, impact world markets. I think oil, for example, is something we could watch uh, that likely will trade down uh, because again, demand and the like. So again, these are all interconnected, right? We live in a worldwide economy, so we need to at least keep an eye uh, on what is going over there. Number three, uh, we need to watch two things this week, right? You've seen me talk the last week or so about the Fed is winning, right? They are winning. It's halftime, if you will, if you know the sports analogy. They have not won. They are just winning. I think there are two numbers that we're going to have to look at this week together. The most important, and in my opinion, it's always been the most important, is going to be PCE core. PCE core. This is the one that I believe the Fed looks at the most. This is the one where they have to get the Fed funds rate above PCE core. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't suspect that PCE is going to give a surprise downside, right? Both CPI, PPI two weeks ago, surprise to the downside. You and I dug into the CPI metric, and it really was this one-time adjustment to healthcare costs, right? Anybody here really think healthcare costs went down? Uh, but that's what uh, CPI showed, again, because of their yearly adjustments. So uh, PCE and PCE core will not show that adjustment. 
uh, it's, they're calculated very differently. So again, I'll be looking for PCE core, hoping it trades down, but but ready for a surprise on the upside. And then Friday, the November jobs number, right? Again, the Fed is winning. What do we need to see? We need to see slower job growth, right? The expectation is 200,000. Uh, that would continue the trend of slower growth, right? 200, I believe last month was like 226, something like that. Uh, so again, it would be a slower growth. Uh, you know, again, I think it's going to be good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. What do I mean by that? Uh, let's say the jobs number comes in at 225,000, something statistically relevant above expectations. Normally, we would think that is good, right? More jobs equals good. I believe the Fed would see that as bad, right? They will have to go higher uh, and stay there longer. However, if the Fed is winning and we get a number as low as like 191, 192, 192,000, obviously, uh, that will should be another sign that the Fed is winning. The unemployment number, uh, the weekly unemployment claims last week came in at 227, I believe. Again, higher than expected. Actually, I think it was 270. I stand corrected. 270. Again, trending. Again, one of those weird times. Good news is good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. Right? We have to get above 300,000 a week and stay there uh, for the Fed to be winning. So I'll be watching those two numbers. Uh, I think PCE comes out Thursday and jobs on Friday. So uh, something to watch for. Number four, kind of a couple of things. Jerome Powell. Uh, Wednesday, I think, is actually the big day of the week because that's when Jerome Powell speaks. Jerome Powell has had two uh, presentations recently, one at Jackson Hole and one post-Fed rate rise that were ultra hawkish. Uh, I expect him to be full throat hawkish on Wednesday. If he comes out even slightly dovish and hints at, hey, the end is near, the data is looking good, you know, any of those Fed pivot, Fed pause, uh, we could be off to the races, right? The risk on again, because again, that's what the market wants. The market wants the Fed to stop. At this point, the market wants the Fed to slow down. I think they will get a slowdown December 14th. They will go to 50 basis points. Same number we called three or four months ago, kind of on that trend. So again, uh, the, the market wants the Fed to slow down. I think they're going to get it. After the market wants them to slow down, the market wants the Fed to stop, right? This is just where we are going. So I believe Powell is going to come out and say, we're going higher. We're going higher than expected, right? Our last reading or, you know, Board said 4.6. We are going significantly above that, and we are going to stay there longer. So again, I expect Powell to come out Wednesday and be rather hawkish. Uh, then 2023, we already talked about 33 days left in the year. Uh, what what kind of economy? What kind of global economy are we going to have? And I think it's going to be a year of slowdown. Uh, we are seeing more and more central banks raise rates. Uh, will it be a global recession? I think so. Uh, I actually think best case, it's really weird to say this, best case is for a global economy of stagflation uh, versus a all-out recession. It will not be uh, a great year. But again, 2023 is one of those years we just have to go through, right? The global economy works itself out. And, and I don't think it's unfair to say that we've had a couple of years of excessive risk. Right. When risk is zero, 
cash is treated like trash and you see people, you know, theoretically throw money at very risky investments. So we have to pay for that sin. And part of that is a, a recession. It cleans out the system. Uh, so again, will, will 2023 be a recession or stagflation? Uh, it will be very, very interesting. But remember, let's say in the United States, we go from 3.7% unemployment to 5, 5, 6%. Millions of more folks unemployed. Hopefully we beat inflation, right? Inflation comes down throughout the year. Maybe we end the year at three and a half, fingers crossed. That will set up a better 2024 and certainly a better 2025. Real estate investing done right is a long-term investment. Buy box, daily discipline, only write great offers, 30-year, fixed rate debt, cash flow day one, and hold it. Sometime in the next 10 years, assuming it cash flows, you likely have a chance to do a rate and term refi. What is rate and term? Maintain. You know, maybe we're at seven and a half today. Let's take it down to six. No cash out, nothing. But again, your cash flow will go up. So again, remember, cash flow day one is important. I don't want to hear anybody talk about, hey, I can afford negative cash flow. We wrote about a very personal story in our first book, One Rental at a Time. A friend of ours said, hey, we can afford four negative cash flow properties. That is called an alligator, folks. It's the only picture in our first book. So remember, we don't do that at one rental at a time. Hey, look at that. Somebody from Australia, buddy. How you doing? I am EDP. Thank you for the comment. I appreciate you. Next up, uh, the final thing, fifth, the fifth thing, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal uh, must be watching this channel. We've talked about single family rentals being kind of in favor as rates go up. Homeowners are the demand destruction is real. However, folks still want to live in a single family home. A single family home for most people is the goal whether it's a rental or owning. And right now, according to Wall Street Journal and John Burns Real Estate Consulting, a great follow on Twitter, the median mortgage payment at existing rates is $3,058, where the median rent for the same home is $2,170. So you're about, I don't know, what is that, $942 uh, higher on owning versus renting. So you are going to see more and more folks rent. And in fact, Build for rent is a model that I've been highlighting will be growing in importance in the home construction industry. Uh, this is why the environment is different, right? Home construction is slowing down and they're pivoting. They are moving to build for rent. Build for rent used to be 3% of the single family housing construction. Today, it is 11%. It is expected by the end of 2023, 13 months from now, to be no less than 15%. So again, those folks looking at home builders saying, what can they do? They can't do this, slash, slash, slash. They just pivot, they create communities and move forward. So again, uh, as rates, the longer rates stay up, the less demand for purchase, but more rents. It's just how the system works. And then finally, just something fun uh, to round out this, uh, top 10 travel destinations for 2023. Do me a favor, folks. I want to hear from you. I'm going to give you a list of 10 cities. I want you to count how many you have been to, and I want you to leave a comment below. Uh, are you ready? Again, keep track. These are the top 10 travel destinations according to American Express. Count how many you've been to, 
and leave a comment below. I would love to hear how much of a world traveling audience we are at one rental at a time. And after we're done, I will give you Olivia and I's number. So number one, Copenhagen, Denmark, Florida Keys, Istanbul, Turkey, Lisbon, Portugal, Mexico City, Montenegro, Paris, Sydney, Woodstock, and the Fiji Islands. So folks, how many of those cities have you been to? Again, one more time quickly, Copenhagen, Florida Keys, Istanbul, Lisbon, Mexico City, Montenegro, Paris, Sydney, Woodstock, and the Fiji Islands. Yes, folks. So uh, by my count, I believe Olivia and I have been to five of those cities. Uh, let us know. So at the end, folks, thank you for being a part of our day. We had to do this one early because we are about to head to the airport and go home. So you guys have a wonderful day. Monday. What is today? The 29th, 28th, something like that. Anyways, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. Bye.